Being an expert sucks. As a teacher of spiritual intelligence and emotional health, I get cornered into being the guy who has all the answers. I'd like to take this opportunity to make a confession. I don't. What I do have are convictions. I have theories. I have questions. I find myself looking around and I'm like, we can't stay here. Stop setting up your tent. We can't stay here. Through my journey, it's become evident that being a participant is no longer enough. It's time to become reformers. These are my confessions. To get deeper in this conversation, visit MikeMayashiro.com. Hello and welcome to Confessions of a Reformer. I'm your host, Mike Myershiro. Thank you for joining us today. I had a funny week this week. Um, this morning, actually, this one's kind of a hot commodity story. Uh, I have a, an online coaching group that I meet with every Thursday morning. Um, Annabelle's head over uh, NUMA Coaching, and so she and I run this group together, and we have people from all over streaming in for that. And somebody popped on five minutes before the session was over, and I was like, hey, you jumped on. Did you just jump on? And Annabelle was like, oh, she's been on this whole time. And I was like, I don't think that's true. And she chimed in. She's like, I just got on. I cut my finger off. And we were like, what? Wait, is that a joke? What are you talking about? And I was like, did you cut your finger actually off, or did you just like gash your finger really bad? What do you mean? And we were both just kind of like chiming in on it, and then she chimed, she mentioned, no, I cut off my finger. We're like, what in the world? And a bunch of people were like, go to the hospital, don't be on here, or whatever. I was like, picture, or it didn't happen. And so people started freaking out, like, don't post a picture, we don't want to see that. I'm like, I want to see it. And some people were like, I kind of want to see it. So anyway, she ended up emailing us the picture, and sure enough, halfway through the nail of one of her fingers, she cut off the edge, the end of her finger with a mandolin, which apparently is like some kind of potato cutter or peeler or something. And I was like, what? So anyway, she straight up did cut off the tip of her finger. It was a bloody mess. I'm sorry, those of you who are cringing already in this moment, you didn't have to look at it, all right? It was nasty. That was kind of crazy and funny. Uh, my sister and I went and saw Toy Story 4. Uh, it's in the Dollar Theater here in Reading, which means it's probably not in theaters anymore, but they're still showing it at the other one. So we went, and there were actually a bunch of adults in the movie. It was a, uh, what, Monday night? And it was funny because she and I would laugh, but we were the only ones laughing in the theater for, I think, the first half of the whole movie. Like, people just wouldn't laugh out loud. We're like, what is going on in here? And then finally, after a while, people started laughing at things, and it became more of a corporate experience. But up to the first, like, half of the movie, it was like, we're the only ones who think this is funny, which was weird. But it kind of makes you laugh even more, right? Which was a funny thing. But also, this last weekend, we did the NUMA Coaching Summit. It was our first ever, and it was a massive success. It was so much fun. The energy in the room was great. The people who came, we had somebody fly in from Finland to be part of this, which was, you know, so cool. And we had people from Texas and Arkansas and Washington and obviously California, L.A. It was a great group. Um, they were so hungry. The training was awesome. It was like 10 hours of training. I was exhausted, which is such an interesting subject. I should probably talk about that sometime. But yeah, public speaking, training in that kind of context, it's weird how physically drained I can get depending on the subject matter. Yeah, that's a conversation for another time. But anyway, it was awesome. We certified four of them. So we have extended certified NUMA coaches doing spirit coaching in other places. That's a dream of mine. I had some New Year's resolutions and that was one of them. We're halfway there. Super cool. It was a great event. All right. Anyway, um, I have a couple of announcements for you guys just to keep you apprised of things coming up. We have a, an Instagram challenge. It's a 10-day Instagram challenge called Habits of the Successful. This is coming out from the Nouveau Riche branch of NUMA. It's 10 days. Um, every day there's something to do, and it's on mindsets, habits, and beliefs about success, wealth, and prosperity. 
And the whole point is to just catalyze the people doing the challenge to take action and start moving toward things that they dream about and putting some practices in place that will help them like go after those things and find a way to give them expression and pursuit. Super cool. Um, Becca, who's head of Nuva Rish here at Numa, and myself have worked on that challenge. It is a professional challenge. It's beautiful. She designed the whole thing with me, made it look really pretty. Becca's really good at that. And so anyway, we're launching that on October 21st, 2019 at the recording of this. Um, so if you want to jump in on that, you can. That's like, I don't even know how you're supposed to get a part of it. Oh no, you can go to my Instagram profile and in my bio you can click the link there. That's how you can sign up. You gotta pre-register. It's free, you guys. Do take advantage of this if this is something you care about. It's gonna be so much fun. And also you wanna know about, we have um, the entrepreneurship event in November of 2019. That's November 15th to the 17th. We just got done mapping out the full schedule and um, framework of what that event's gonna be like. Uh, that's for people who want to go from being an employee to starting to like, dabble in the entrepreneur world. Can they generate their own income? Can they have multiple streams? Can they leverage what they're already doing and find a way to get paid outside of their time, right? Big passion of mine. I'm an advocate for entrepreneurship. Obviously, it's not for everybody, but I'm a pretty firm believer. If you have, based on what's in your heart and the things you believe about the life you want to live, entrepreneurship happens to be one of the best solutions I've found for people in that context. So this would be a great event for you if that's something you're interested in. You can find it at MikeMyShow.com under events. The event is called Entrepreneurship. Check it out. And then lastly, one more announcement I want to make. We have the NUMA Symposium coming up in July 2020. We've done the Discerning Spirits Conference 2017 and 2018 and 2019. So this past year, we did the NUMA School of Spiritual Intelligence. This next year, as I've continued to look at how NUMA is evolving and growing, we've had to change our summer event. So it's now the NUMA Symposium. We have three or four different streams or audiences of people who are part of the NUMA greater community. And I think that those audiences will continue to diversify as we go down this road. But that event is specifically designed for everyone in that conversation, no matter what vein they're in. The people who have a value for spiritual intelligence, the discerning of spirits, um, wanting to live a full and authentic expression of what it means to follow Jesus today with competence and accuracy. This event is going to be inspiring. It's going to be a place to connect with like-minded people. There's going to be training, um, but it's not just teaching and training this time. We've got a whole lot of other things coming up that will be hosted by this event, and we're going to facilitate that conversation. If that's you, whether you're already in the NUMA community or you want to jump in, this is an incredible event that everyone should be part of. Early bird registration is open. You can go to MikeMyShow.com events, NUMA Symposium to check that out. Uh, so you guys have been informed. Join us, won't you? All right. So on today's episode, episode, we're going to talk about five common ways that we broker power in the spirit. Um, and I want to say these are the only ways. I'm not saying this is an exhaustive list, but I am saying this is a massive way that I've noticed in my own life, and then also in the spirit coaching realm and mentoring and discipling, this is a massive way that people who are spirit-led allow power to move through their life, whether it's the Holy Spirit or if they tap into the enemy, it's the same thing. Um, and so I want to go over these five things briefly just to give you guys some kind of grid for that. And hopefully this will kind of charge your daily living to give you some awareness and intentionality of what you're allowing to move through your life and how you want to partner with that power to produce. Because um, at the end of the day, all of us are dependent on a higher power to produce in our world. We're not doing this by ourselves. Obviously, the ideal situation is to let the Holy Spirit, let God move through you to accomplish his will in your life. But if it's not the Lord, there are plenty of other suitors who've come along to help move through our lives and produce things that we think we want until 
sabotage and destruction destruction is the experience um so anyway not to get down on that word it's not a big deal we just want to be intentional and mindful of how we do this so going into it you guys just jump right in one of the biggest i found that this word is so helpful and i'm using this word on purpose uh and you guys i made this list up it's not like some official thing from somewhere I, this is just from my findings and practice and experience in this matter the first word on the list of how we broker power in our life is the word allow what we allow is how power tends to move and express through our being. And I say the word allow, and you're going to notice that all of these words are in a somewhat passive position or state because of the nature of our identity and uh, what we are. All of us have been designed as dependent beings. We are not complete unto ourselves. We are supposed to be led, filled, empowered by something greater than us, i.e. Jesus. And so when that happens, there's this union, this partnership, this co-laboring, if you will, where we and the Lord get to express from a unified place mutual desire. We both want this and we say yes to it, right? Uh, Obviously, sometimes it's not the experience, but ideally, when we're living an abundant life, we want to see that be our experience. That is what's happening. There's a a mutual recognition that, yes, this is something we want. And it's, it's usually us responding to something that the Lord was already doing. So the word allow is so appropriate because it clarifies As we continue to get to know God and relate to him and grow in intimacy and awareness of what he's like, allowing becomes one of the most powerful ways that we cooperate with him. Um, In our prayer life with bad theology, it's easy to treat God like a genie or a vending machine where we just make requests and we try and get him to do stuff for us. And we think about it in terms of us being like a lawyer or someone who's supposed to be coercive or persuasive to God to get him to be convinced of what we want. That is not the nature of our relationship. All throughout the New Testament, we are instructed to be led by the Spirit, by the Holy Spirit, to be Spirit-led, right? To not regard this world or other people after the flesh, but by the Spirit. So that's a whole different operating system that we need to step into in order to rightly participate in this exchange. We talked about that in our last episode, so if you want to like look at and consider this Spirit-led conversation, check out Intellectualism, a different episode on this podcast. But... Anyway, so as we say yes to that, uh, you start recognizing there's actually a power already at play in your life. And as I was teaching discerning spirits and having the conversation with people about spiritual dynamics and the matters therein, I started realizing there is there are mechanics here that we don't talk about in English, but I am very aware that they are coming up and that I address them and experience them in my personal life and as I lead people. So when people come to me on the prayer line or after a, a, a class or something and they're asking me questions, I'm realizing... It's this thing I don't have language for yet that is the answer to this. And so I have spent some time and energy trying to find verbiage for this. So this is one of my attempts. All right, you guys ready for this? Drum roll, please. Um, One of the things we need to recognize and understand and um, kind of celebrate about what we are in this life is realizing everything successful and meaningful and important in your life comes from responding to what God is already doing. So when Jesus says that out of, out of us will flow rivers of living water, uh, I don't think he's just being metaphorical there. I don't think he's being literal. I think he's talking about a, like spirit, like God himself coming up with this effulgent abundance and maybe even incessance that he just like gushes out, right? Rivers of living water are going to flow out of him. What does that mean? You guys, there's a power at work in our life that's already moving with or without 
our awareness or consent. Now we have a choice how we want to respond to that. We can resist it, we can oppose it, we can ignore it, or we can agree with it, we can allow it, right? So as you become aware of what God is already pushing up from inside of you, all of a sudden the word allow makes sense. It doesn't make sense if you think you have to initiate or lead or convince God of what should be happening in your relationship. When you're the one initiating, when you're the pursuer, then allowing makes no sense because the word allow is to respond to someone else initiating something, right? But the proper understanding of this in our relationship with God is he is the initiator. He is the father. He is the master. He's the shepherd, right? He's the teacher. He's the one who sets the tone, sets the direction, sets the intention and says, let's go. Here we, here's how we're gonna do this follow me, right? That is the posture. So when we rightly understand and allow ourselves to get into that heart posture, the word allow becomes very strategic and helpful. It actually gives you language and understanding for what your right response is to this power moving through your life. We allow God to say and do what he's doing in us. So that looks like practically, if the Lord is expressing affection to someone in your life, but pride or fear or shame or whatever is coming up to keep you from expressing that affection because you don't want the person to get the wrong idea about you or you don't want to be vulnerable in that relationship because it feels weak or dangerous or whatever, then we say no to that river of living water trying to express affection in a relationship and we say yes to control, deception, deceit, manipulation, whatever, right? The alternative to that river. Um, when we start learning to submit to the Spirit of God, then we actually allow that Spirit to express in us what is coming up. And what I've found in my relationship with God is, as I stopped denying or pretending like He wasn't what He was in my life, I had to give way to a humble expression of affection for the people around me. I'm like, hey, I actually do care about you. Hey, your presence in my life affects me in this way. Hey, you matter here to me. Or the other thing, like, hey, this hurts. Hey, this isn't awesome. I don't love this. I can't celebrate this. Whatever. The Lord is expressing his response to people around us, to our environment, and his intention, right? And when we become conscious of that and we agree with him, then we allow that expression to come forward and we find the language and we do the our playful part of expressing him in finding the language and the, um, the expression of how we want that to come out. Okay, so number one on that list is allow. Number two on this list, hopefully you guys are tracking with me. I'm not trying to make this complicated, but I do want to appeal to the intellectual perspective here because most of us are operating from that place, right? You want to get this stuff in its proper place so you can allow God to be who he is in your life. Number two, you ready for this? Drum roll. The word is accept. Again, it's a almost passive response to, to someone else, to a, an initiator, to a precursor, something that comes before your choice. We accept what God is doing. We accept what he's saying. We accept the truth, which might look like, okay, this opportunity isn't for me. If the Lord is closing the doors, if he's leading you in a different direction than the desire you've attached to this certain choice or path or outcome, if he's going a different direction, then we accept his leadership there. We accept his guidance, which means we let go of whatever the thing was that's not what he's choosing. When we accept that, it allows us to course correct. It allows us to like be submissive to the grace that is flowing from his desire and passion for us. And it causes the entire tide of our life to lift like the ocean or the lake or the whatever body of water. It raises every boat in our life when we accept what God is doing instead of fighting him. Okay. Um, when we accept truth in our relationships, 
we stop trying to impose our fantasy or our agenda on the nature of a connection and we accept what is going on. That was a huge journey for me, a huge part of my journey in stepping out of codependent dysfunctional relationships and the discerning piece was a big part of this. I found that if I wanted to walk in the light and actually have authentic relationships and see like the spirit of the Lord move through me, excuse me, I had to let go of pretense and uh, bias and agenda and fantasy. That was a huge one. I had to let go of what I wanted people to be in my life and instead start accepting what they actually were. And that doesn't mean that you settle for, oh, everyone sucks and they're not good enough. I don't mean that. I mean, you stop trying to get somebody to be a source, um, to be a solution, to be an answer for you instead of letting the Lord be that, right? And then people in your life actually become an invitation um, to greater life. They add to what God's already doing. They're not making up for what he's not, right? And so when we accept what people are in our lives, instead of trying to impose on them what we think they should be or want them to be or need them to be, it actually frees them up in our relationship to operate in the freedom that Jesus paid for for them, but also for us. We stop being dependent on what they can or can't give to us or what they will or won't. We stop being resentful and punishing and accusatory for, to people against the judgments we've made about what we demand from them. And we start receiving out of a generous, um, humble, receptive place, the overflow of what they get to offer as a bonus to our intimacy with God. So when we accept the truth about people, circumstances, situations, it actually sets, up for, sets us up for success and allows for the grace of the Lord to move through our lives. All right, number three on this list. Drum roll, please. Number three is kind of a funky one, but I think it's important. The word is admit. Again, I'm trying to like put language to what I've experienced with God when when it comes to aligning with him and embracing and allowing him to be who he is. Um, When we admit that God is doing something, what I'm trying to like speak to in that machination is There are times where God is actually going after something in our life and we ignore it or we oppose it or we resist it. We deny it because we're afraid, we're disinterested, we don't know that it's going where we want it to or whatever. We have some judgment against what God is trying to do and in our head, maybe in English or whatever, it doesn't compute to something we've decided is desirable. So we resist it, right? When we stop resisting and we admit the thing that's already trying to come forward, there's already built into this this um, word on the list that we recognize someone else's participation, that we um, al- allow that um, other push to be the leader. We admit this thing is happening. You know what? If I actually were, was honest with myself, right? We find people coming to this, like if the people who are paying attention to their process and their personal journey, they find that after time and analysis and paying attention and practicing awareness and all that, they came to this place where they're like, you know what? I got to stop lying to myself. I got to stop trying to make this thing happen. I'm going to just admit this is what's going on, right? And it comes with a sigh of relief. It feels like a weight is lifted off our shoulders. We feel oh, like we finally get to like relax and breathe and life isn't as hard as it was before when we were trying to make the thing happen against, you know, whatever. I'm not saying, you guys, that any of this means we're a pushover or that we don't have passion or zeal that we shouldn't go after things. What I'm saying, though, is we want to respond and allow for our willpower to attach to the will of God in our lives, which we can know. It is not unknowable. In Scripture, it is explicitly described to us that our powers of discernment are supposed to be constantly practiced so we can know the difference between good and evil, so we can know 
God's will, his pleasing and perfect and good will, right? We're supposed to be able to know that stuff. And so when we admit what is coming up from that river of living water, it sets us up for success and causes the things that come from our choices to be the things that set us up for victory, for overcoming, for breakthrough. We don't fight for that stuff. We're not trying to accomplish it. It is the result or the byproduct of right relationship and right posture toward the Lord and alignment, right? The fruit of the Spirit comes from this place. Okay, number four on that list. Drum roll, please. This one breaks the alliteration of A's. This one is embrace. So this one, I think, is a, a step further from allowing and accepting. Um, the word embrace has to do with like a wholehearted, not just accepting, but a jubilant, enthusiastic yes to the thing, right? We're embracing. So we don't just accept what God's doing. We don't just tolerate it. We're not just putting up with it. We are celebrating and embracing it. We're letting it go into a vulnerable, deep place where we're allowing it to affect us on a fundamental level, right? So as we embrace what God's doing, the way he moves, what he's moving toward, what he wants to do, how he wants to do it, as we embrace that, it actually comes to enliven us and inspire and inform how it is we actually want to execute. What do we want to choose? How, what kind of actions do we want to take? What words are coming out of our mouths? That embracing causes there to be instruction demonstrated. We look smarter, wiser, more compassionate, more patient as we embrace what God's doing rather than trying to make God bless what we're wanting to accomplish in spite of him. Okay, so as that embrace happens, it brings this brilliance and your track record causes you to look like you're smarter than you might actually be <laughs> because God just brings that with him, right? The guy's a genius. So as we, <clears throat> excuse me, as we embrace who he is and what he's doing, it brings its own benefits and perks. Last on the list, you guys ready for that? Drum roll. The last word on this list is, and this isn't a shocker to anybody who's paid attention to anything that I teach. The last word is an A word. It is agree. Agreement! Uh, we want to agree with God. Meaning, we recognize his leading, his participation, his pursuit, his initiation. And when we have observed and assessed it, we decide he's right. What he's saying is accurate, is authoritative, is good. And so I'm going to align myself in my choices, in my words, in my actions, in my conversations, in my relationships. I'm going to submit to what he is doing, what he's saying, and demonstrate that that is the authoritative direction of my path, of my course, of my desire, my intention. We agree with it, right? So you guys, agreement takes form in all kinds of ways. What you think, what you say, what you choose, what you feel, what you do. Those are five common ways I found people agree in the spirit, um, in the natural, with the spirit realm, okay? So we want to agree with what God is doing. Again, we're recognizing he's the initiator. He's the one setting the tone. He's the one like leading as we respond to him playing his part in this we want to agree with it. So if he says to take the job, then you take the job. You choosing to take the job is agreeing with what the Lord's doing. If he says not to, then you don't take it to agree with him. You guys, in life, whether it's a, an active positive choice or a negative one where we refrain, in either case, if the Lord is initiating, that is what we want to do. Success in this life looks like us agreeing with the Lord every step of the way, that we hold onto his hand and we refuse to let go regardless of the consequences. And don't get me wrong, agreeing with the Lord will bring consequences. There are negative repercussions to following Jesus in this world because there are all kinds of man-made systems and other people who have chosen things that are not what the Lord's doing. And when you choose what he's doing in spite of what they want, they bring opposition, right? There's human error and element in the midst. There are powers, elemental forces in this place that will resist that as well. So don't get me wrong. I'm not saying that as we agree with God, everything works out. 
in the long run, that's absolutely true. But you might encounter some turbulence along the way. It doesn't mean that it's not the Lord. Do not test if it's the Lord or not based on circumstantial evidence. Test it according to the Spirit. It's why the discerning thing is so important. Okay, We are running out of time, so I'm going to wrap this up. Again, I'm going to recap for you guys. The first one is allow. We want to allow what the Lord's doing. The second one is accept. The third one is admit. fourth one is embrace. And the last one is agree. If you guys find the courage and the willingness to practice this stuff in your relationship with the Lord, I think it will actually help you, your awareness increase of what he's even doing. And then obviously letting you play your part in what he's wanting to accomplish in your life, where you actually cast your lot with him and he gets to make you look like a genius. Um, I want you guys to um, know that we've got all kinds of tools and resources out there to help assist in this area. One of the most powerful tools I can recommend for you in this subject, if this is something you care about and want to learn more about, is my Discerning Spirits course. And this is just some backdoor information for you guys since you're subscribed to my um, podcast. We have a rebranded, nope, redone, reshot, like remade version of the Discerning Spirits course. It's an updated version. There's new content in it. It's the same class that we released back in 2017, just updated with better stuff. So that thing's going to be released in the next little bit. Um, but you want to get your hands on that. Um, that is probably one of my best um, teachings on this subject matter and giving practical application on how do you actually implement this in your life, okay? Um, you guys, I would love it if this is in your heart and it's genuine. We would love a review for this for this podcast. If you could just let us know what you think. Um, a five-star review is a big win. Obviously, you don't make anything up. We don't want you to lie or be manipulative in that. But if it's true and you actually feel that way, we would love it if you could throw that on the podcast. Um, subscribe. If you're just visiting here or if you haven't done it yet, subscribe to the podcast so you'll be apprised of all the next episodes that come out. And then obviously this content can, I'm assuming, drum up a lot of questions. Like there's things I'm saying here and there are things that I'm saying, I'm not saying, things that you're thinking about, scenarios, situations, whatever. If you have questions, please feel free to fire them off to contact at mikemyashiro.com. My team and I read those emails and we will put effort into responding to those questions. So if you have those, please feel free to represent yourself. We want to hear from you. Um, You guys, thanks for chiming in. Obviously, I'm honored to be hosting you. Thanks for coming on this journey with me and we will see you next time. Listen, there's more where this came from. If you want to see how deep this rabbit hole goes, check out MikeMyashiro.com.